0: So, if you're the child of a parent who drinks, the likelihood is that you would have been a caretaker at some point as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't realize as a child, oh, what my parents are doing is you know unhealthy and they shouldn't be doing this. All you want to do is make it right. And so, you're going to take care of them. Well, in that same way... If you then are with your spouse and your spouse gets a hangover, instead of calling them on it and saying, you know, why did you drink so much? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, was it really necessary or, you know, that line of thinking, you will go back to a behavior that was very familiar to you.
1: This week, researchers out of Sweden looked at the family use of alcohol of 300,000 couples and found how your in-laws use of alcohol could actually impact your marriage. Dr. Karen Sherman explains how that is. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen.
0: Hello, Stephen. I'm feeling a little feisty today.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's Hi. going to be a good one. Hi. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of multiple books. And you can get this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a new study, yippee, that you came out.
0: another study. <laughs> I,
1: I love finding studies. The beauty of uh, the internet is that I can find studies from all over the globe. And this one is from Sweden. Uh, And essentially what they found was that it's your in-laws history of drinking problems, not exclusively, but that they could possibly lead to alcohol issues in your own marriage. And so um, these uh, Swedish researchers uh, looked at data from 300,000 couples um, and found uh, that marriage to a spouse who grew up Exposed to parental alcohol misuse increased the likelihood of developing a drinking problem within their marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what is your initial reaction to the fact that the environment is having this type of an impact on behavior decades later from somebody who wasn't engaging in it then but has now uh, is doing so now?
0: I am absolutely not shocked at all. Um, our environment plays a very big role. Uh, A lot of the behaviors that we learn, um, we learn vis-a-vis role modeling. And as a matter of fact, it's often said that uh, when you're raising your children, the way that you best teach them is through your own behavior. And I think I've mentioned this before. If you want your children to be generous, then let them see you being generous. So if, um, you know, a child grew up in an environment where they saw behaviors where their parents drank for any number of reasons, then it would not shock me at all that they would then, um, you know, do so later on in life as well.
1: So, this increased risk was not explained by socioeconomic status, the, so, the spouse's AUD, which is uh, stands for alcohol use disorder status, nor contact with the spouse's parents. Instead, the researchers found that rather than genetics, this increased risk reflected the psychological consequences of the spouse having grown up with an AUD-affected parent. So, I'm guessing this all sounds not normal, but this makes sense for you? Yes, of
0: course. Um, Again, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times when we look at a behavior, we don't know whether it's due to genetics or it's due to environment. And there are lots of different studies that are done with twins and whether they're fraternal twins or they're identical twins. And what this is really doing is it's parceling out environment from genes because you've got the in-law child being impacted, which is clearly not the same genes, but it's by the environment. And yes, it makes sense because we know that couples impact each other. And so obviously, at least in my mind, the influence that the I'm trying to think about how I want to phrase this so mm-hmm. that it's clear that the partner whose parents were the drinking parents mm-hmm. um, is now going to have an impact and effect on their partner, the in law, um, and now it's being brought into their marriage, even though the non, uh, the, the mate, the in law mate, right didn't actually get raised by those parents
1: right so basically what we're saying is if you marry somebody whose parents had a drinking problem even if you came from a household that did not have that same drinking problem your your in-laws drinking habits can have an impact on your marriage
0: yes you you said that far more clearly than i did but yes (laughs) absolutely thank you
1: yeah okay um One of the behaviors that was highlighted, because it's like, okay, so we're talking about this in very broad terms, but so Mm -hmm. I think uh, some examples might help. So one of the behaviors that they highlighted was that um, there might be a situation where you're taking care of a spouse when they have a hangover. Mm -hmm. Um, And they mentioned how this could reinforce a spouse's drinking problem. Mm -hmm. Can you think of other behaviors that might reinforce the findings that the researchers are talking about?
0: Yes, but before I do that, I want to explain how that particular behavior that you mentioned um, factors in. So, if you're the child of a parent who drinks, the likelihood is that you would have been a caretaker at some point as a child, Mm -hmm. Um, and... You don't realize as a child, oh, what my parents are doing is, you know, unhealthy and they shouldn't be doing this. All you want to do is make it right. And so you're going to take care of them. Well, in that same way, if you then are with your spouse and your spouse gets a hangover, instead of calling them on it and saying, you know, why did you drink so much? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, was it really necessary? Or, you know, that line of thinking, you will go back to a behavior that was very familiar to you, which was to take care of them. Mm -hmm. And so that then sends a different message to the spouse. It's okay. I can drink. My partner's going to take care of me. There's nothing wrong with what I do. Okay. 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 All right. So that's, I I, I felt it was important to explain why that behavior would come about to start with. Another thing that might happen is, you know, if what you saw growing up was, you know, well, we're really upset. We're upset. You know what? Let's just have a drink. and, and. You know, have some fun. Let's have some laughs. Mm -hmm. That's another behavior that if, you know, you're running into a bit of a rough spot, instead of talking it through or um, even going for a run, let's say, to get rid of your stress, let's have a drink. Mm -hmm. So the kinds of things that you saw your parents doing become legitimized and then you repeat it in your, your marriage as well.
1: Got it. Okay. And so it becomes a, I don't know if crutch is the right word or vice or, um, it becomes an outlet for the, you know, I don't want to say covering up either, but it becomes a, well, a it's, substitute. It, it, depends.
0: It, it depends, Steve, because, you know, it may not always be that, they used it as a crutch or a way of handling problems. I was just giving that as sure. an example. But but you mimic what you saw. Right. And so there are any number of things um, – that you might do I'm, I'm trying to think of another example where well, it would be a way that you get through a problem but where yeah. you would have seen your parents drinking um and so automatically that would be something you would you know you would do also I, um
1: Well I ahead. okay I, I'm going to jump in here really quick cuz I think what like basically what you're talking about is the normalcy of the behavior yes, yes. and Um, I was recently having a conversation with some people. So, um, I, as you know, I live in California and in California, um, we have, uh, ballot guides, voter guides for Mm -hmm. all the citizens. So they get mailed to us and they include who the candidates are, what their, um, policies are. Uh, who's endorsing them. And that goes along with all the props, propositions and bills and Mm -hmm. all the way down the ballot. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's normal for me. Uh, Jess's family lives in Pennsylvania. They do not have that. And they came out and visited us Mm -hmm. and they saw them a couple years back sitting on our kitchen table and they're like what are those? And we're like oh mm. these are our voter guides and they're like wait mm-hmm. what are, what is that? Where do you get those? Mm-hmm. And I was like oh they just mm-hmm. come mailed to us. And they were blown away because they don't get those at le- you know at, in Pennsylvania. And I know th- for a fact that other states don't get them either while some states do. And so for we me we don't get them. Yeah. For me, it was normal. And I didn't even think twice about the fact that other states didn't have them because I didn't have any other concept but to have them mailed to me. And I think the same thing applies here. When you're normal is, oh, yeah, like, you know, dad gets home, he kicks back a couple drinks. He uh, mm-hmm. can't get up out of his chair at night. And, you know, you just kind of like take off his shoes right. for him and kick back the recliner a little bit for him. And it's good. That's a, that's how you, you know, that's normal. Right. Um, Because you don't know any other way. And so that's correct. That was a long winded way of saying, uh, be sure to vote.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I think what you just said, you know, afterwards about it it, it really is a problem if you drink every night, Uh Um, you know, if you have a glass of wine, one glass of wine at dinner. That's okay. But if you're having a hard drink every night or you're having more than a glass of wine every night, um, more than one glass of wine every night, that really is a problem. That being said, if, like you said, if what was normal in your house is dad comes home and mom and dad sit down and have a cocktail – and then they have, you know, another glass of wine at dinner. And then after dinner, they have an after-dinner drink. Then that's what's normal in your family. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very good example of: okay, we're not doing this to get through a problem. This is just what we do to socialize. And so that is what you will eventually mimic. Right. Okay. Or there's a likelihood you will.
1: Sure. Yes. Um, and at minimum you won't frown upon it naturally. Mm-hmm. It will right. seem like there's a little bit of, uh, comfort to it because that's what you grew up with. Correct. Um, Okay. So then the researchers also noted a high risk of using alcohol as a tool. So kind of Mm -hmm. getting to that point again Mm -hmm. to improve their marital interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, And it winds up being a blueprint of sorts that the offspring ends up marrying partners where this becomes the practice. So Mm -hmm. if you grew up in a household where alcohol was a problem, uh, really, we're going to be looking for solutions here. So how can you stop this cycle? Because, you know, as you can't stop how you grew up as a kid. So how do you stop the cycle as an adult?
0: Well, first of all, the only thing that will ever allow you to make a change is to be aware. Mm-hmm. So you would have to be aware and willing to admit that your parents did use uh, this as a tool And that it's really not the best tool for dealing with marital interactions um, and that you want to do something different. That's always going to be the first step to making a change. Um, I, I do feel, and this is going to be my extra, that... There is a theory that I'm pretty sure in all the episodes we've done together that I've mentioned this before, that Dr. Harville Hendricks says that at a sub-awareness level, we are drawn to people who just feel very comfortable to us. Mm -hmm. And they feel comfortable because it's energy that we know from our family of origin. It does not have to be the parent of the opposite sex. It could be of the same sex. It could be of a sibling, but where there's unresolved issues. So if you had parents where there was this dynamic that they really didn't know how to communicate, but they used alcohol as a tool, you might be drawn to somebody without even realizing it where they're not good communicators and are very happy to use an escape route um, to deal with uh, difficult times. Mm-hmm. And it might be really, without knowing it, for the purpose of resolving it and healing something that still is difficult for you from your childhood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, but, you know, um, again, I think the, the main point I want to drive home is that, you know, when you said that this is a solutions uh, question, is, again, you've got to be aware. I have a a good friend right now who decided to go into a substance abuse program. And she said that, you know, she knew that she drank a lot. And a very longstanding friend said to her, you know, she was not the kind of person who was drunk or who was, um, you know, having trouble functioning or anything. But that she was just drinking too much. Mm -hmm. And her friend said to her, you have a a problem and you need to get help. And she said, you know, I do. Um, And so, you know, always the first uh, step to making a change is to acknowledging that Mm -hmm. there is a change to be made.
1: That is a a really good point because uh, I can't tell you how many arguments— disagreements that i have with friends um Mm -hmm. where we spend half the time about just acknowledging that a problem exists Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like you can't we can't work towards any solution or any kind of agreement beyond that if we can't even acknowledge that there's a problem in the first place so of course Mm -hmm. that's a great point um Okay, so let's say that you're in a marriage where you are social um, and you like to have a few cocktails with Mm -hmm. friends and, you know, a few times a year you do uh, go a little too far and you get drunk. Um, Is that a problem? Like, what's the line where couples should start to identify and reflect and have a little concern that maybe it is too much?
0: I think that you've got to... Uh, look at how much you're drinking. I And it doesn't, you don't have to say, well, I don't drink every day, so I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a whole bunch of different criteria, uh, which I can't say that I can give you every one of them, but I can tell you it does not have to be that you're drinking every day to be considered that you have a problem. Um, Obviously, if you feel like you have to have a drink, that's a problem. That you, you know, you you can't get by unless you have one. Um, if you feel that you can't socialize without having a drink. You know, it's one thing to say, um, you know, I'm going to go out with the gals and, you know, we're going to go have, you know, some wine and laugh and everything with the guys. You're going to go out for a night out with the guys and have a couple of drinks. But if that's a regular thing where you feel like that's the only way you can have fun, I would consider that a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's several different criteria, but the point is, if you think... That yourself or your mate is having a problem, I think that you have to bring it up and say, you know, I have some concern here. Um, I think we need to discuss if this is something that's becoming too much a part of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the problem is that very often people don't want to admit it and don't want to um, really look at themselves and say, you know, yes, I know that I, I really am counting on this too much, that, you know, it's it's a way for me to escape or to not have to um, deal with whatever's bothering me or whatever. So it's, it's a tough one. But um, I think, as I said, that the best thing to do is to speak with each other and say, you know, I have concerns about this. I don't think that we're um, handling our drinking well. And if there are children involved, you should certainly raise it and say, I, I don't know that we're setting a good role model.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Particularly with the information we have now gathered from this yes. new research. yes, That is right. an excellent uh, point to highlight. Um, yes, w- Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap this up? Because I thought that was great.
0: No, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's just – I think this is a really interesting study because, again, um, it parcels out that it's not just genetics that um, set you up for certain behaviors, that mm-hmm. it, it really is environmental.
1: Yeah. Okay. That. Uh, yeah, I – I agree. I have nothing to add. This is great. (laughs) Uh, So thank you, Karen, so much for your time. This is always a pleasure and I look forward to doing doing it again very soon.
0: Me as well. Thank you.
1: And before we go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com, where you can access our entire archive of podcasts as well as the thousands of articles we have published over the years Uh, and as i like to recommend the free newsletter that you can sign up for takes about 30 seconds and you will get a weekly update on all the latest information that we have put out for the week including the podcast so check that out if you wouldn't mind and until next time that's gonna do it take care everybody That it's showtime. It showtime. Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we know it's go time.